they've done it, folks. The Cubs have won the World Series for the first time in 108 years. Congratulations. This week, we're talking about video games, lots of tech news around the Apple and Microsoft events, and our main story tonight talks about Halloween, dressing up, and what the whole cosplay industry is really all about. Enjoy. We are back on the concession stand, and this is a very special episode of the concession stand, even though it is number nine. That's not the significant thing. First and foremost with me, my trusty co-host and adored Cubs fan, Mr. Andy Nelson. Andy, how you doing, sir? It is episode nine, and I'm on cloud nine, and I'll tell you why in a second. But first, (laughs) let's do the Stone Cold salute. I said give me a hell yeah! Ah, yes, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Cubs just won the World Series. We are 30 minutes. Oh, my God. I know. We are 30 minutes removed from the Cubs winning the World Series. I can't believe it's happened. It still has not sunk in for me yet. <laughs> we were, we, uh, I got here, what, like the, the eighth inning or so from work, uh, yeah. and, and, and we watched it, and it turned into 10 innings. We had a rain delay, and, and, and yes, the Cubs have won the World Series. I'm beside myself. Uh, I've uh, My phone is blowing up. It's probably empty with all of the texts and Facebook messages and everything that I've gotten. But the Chicago Cubs have won the World Series. This oh has happened God. in my lifetime. I, I, I'm, I'm, be, I'm beside myself. Well, it was a privilege of me to share that moment with you, knowing that you're a lifetime Cubs fan. Uh, we did do some Facebook Live broadcasting. Uh, I'll put some links to that in the show so you guys can watch us, <laughs> it's funny react. Because uh, I was just pacing around like yeah. I normally do during a game, and they were like, hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, I think it's fine. Then I realized you were taping it, and I'm like, oh, stop, stop shooting. And then I walked into the bathroom like, don't tape it. Uh, you're going to jinx it, or whatever it was. But, oh, man, I, I, I can't believe that this has actually happened in my lifetime that it happened today i still am not convinced that this has happened i think i'm in a dream i think i'm in an alternate universe but yes i the cubs have won the world series i can't wait to buy the hat i can't wait to buy the shirt the sweatshirt the whatever it is the w flag yes, the w flag i'm gonna put a flag outside my house it's gonna live there forever i'm I'm excited. <laughs> I can't tell. I couldn't tell at all. Here's an interesting thing that I read, uh, uh, and not even read. I read it on the screen during the Fox broadcast. So in Cleveland tonight, uh, they looked at like just some basic StubHub stats. So the prices of tickets ranged from $250 to $23,000. All right? Okay. That's nuts. And you and I watched the game together. It seemed like the crowd was almost split 50-50, with Cubs fans and Cleveland fans. Now, I would argue it was more Cubs fans there. It could have been. And there was even an article it, I read earlier this week that said that um, the Indians had given up and that they were selling their Game 7 tickets. Could be. Could be. Hmm? But they said the StubHub, the, the StubHub stats were, uh, uh, of the all those tickets that they sold, 80% of the tickets that they sold were, for, for, were from people outside of the state of Ohio. So whether or not they're from Chicago, whether or not they're what, from whatever, it was still just, you know, uh, other fans the thing the, the thing for me was this happens on a wednesday night and if i if i take my cubs brain out of it and i look at it from a from a television perspective right so fox is they own the night yeah they own the night there's no competition there's no football game there's no hockey game there's no great show that's on a wednesday night they owned it and everybody and their mother probably watched this game because of the historical significance of it i would right. imagine and then to have it deliver like it delivered and on the east coast they were up until maybe midnight one in the morning watching this happen 
Uh, yeah, good job, Fox. Way to go. Yep. When was the last time Fox could say they had millions of viewers at one in the morning? Uh, I mean, who knows? But but yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, before this game, it was the highest rated World Series since 2007, from what I read. Um, and and the other thing that I that I was thinking about was uh, in game one, or uh, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Lindor stole a base, right? Which means if you steal a base in the World Series. Everybody in the United States gets a taco from Taco Bell. Okay. So what? what did I do? The next day I go to Taco Bell, and I'm like, hey, can I have my free taco? Doritos, Locos, Taco. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get it yet. I'm like, what? So I was duped. I was duped by the, the Taco Bell like ad thing. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, that was supposed to be when the World Series is over. Not true. I looked it up today. I missed my free taco. Apparently, that was today, November 2nd, during Game 7. I could have gotten my free Doritos. Uh, Wait, how Locos. does that work? When was the base stolen? The base was stolen in the first game at some point. So if if there's a stolen base in the World Series, the entire what if it had finished in five games? It uh, doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I don't know. But but, <laughs> okay. but the idea was, and they have those like banner ads on the back of the thing. It's like steal a base, steal a taco. We all get to steal tacos. I didn't steal my taco today. Ugh. I'm disappointed. I so, had tacos, but I I didn't get a free. So one. if you ask me how my week was, that's how my week was in the last you know couple hours. Your week was pretty good. You pretty awesome. had a you had a birthday. I did. Hurrah, hurrah. I turned 39. Happy birthday. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to everyone who sent all their birthday wishes in. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I subscribe to the Patton Oswalt School of Thinking. You know, once you get past 20, you get a birthday once a decade. Or actually after 21, I should say, right? Yeah. You hit 30, you get a birthday. Yep. Then you don't get another one until you hit 40. And then every decade after that, right? Right. I got the 40 this year. You got was, the 40, yeah. So it was a good time. What, yeah. what did we do? We went out to, uh, we had a good dinner. Uh, went out to with the girlfriend. Ended up going to a Kings game uh, earlier this week. Last night, actually. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go watch another one tomorrow night uh, over at one of our favorite restaurants. So, yeah, had a great dinner. It was a good time. That was, it's, it's a birthday. Yeah. So back to the ratings thing. Mm-hmm. So the MLB ratings must have been through the absolute roof tonight. And and for baseball as a whole, and a baseball has been down as far as like nobody watches baseball anymore. Baseball was lucky this year to have two historic teams with two like uh, down on their luck franchises in the final game. And, and not only the final game, literally a game seven. So whoever wins is the champion. Fantastic. But... The other sport that's actually having ratings trouble this year, from everything that I've read and probably everything you've read, is the NFL. And it wouldn't seem that way because you've got all of the fantasy stuff is kind of on a high, even though it may be plateauing a little bit. I I don't understand. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it seems like there's more and more going on outside of the game of football in auxiliary capacities that supplement the viewing of... uh, We've got uh, DirecTV Sunday Ticket is now available on streaming devices it's typically been locked to DirecTV customers. Now anybody can get it. Yep. Uh, you've got all of these new fantasy games and even for money fantasy games like the daily fantasy stuff happening. You got Yahoo, you got DraftKings, you got all these other ones that are going on. So all and and they're immensely profitable. So that means that people are playing fantasy and to play fantasy, you have to watch football or at least keep up with it. Or do you? Do you watch your phone? I don't know. I I feel I sit and watch the live stats update because I I'm invested in it. Yeah, I don't know that I'm the majority of that, but I think if I look back at the last week of of NFL, it's it's the last Sunday night game was a six six tie. Uh, yeah, and then and the Thursday night game before that was Titans Jacksonville. Who's going to watch that? I don't know. So I think that's the problem. I think that there's no big time storyline. There's no um, huge game. Uh, people are going to watch when Tom Brady plays. Peyton Manning. Oh wait, he doesn't play anymore. 
people are going to watch when the big names play. But you know, last night's uh, football or Monday night's football game was Bears Vikings, two teams that don't really matter. The Vikings were what they had one loss and they lost again. Shocker, the Bears won. I couldn't believe it, but right. at the same time, it's also on Halloween, so of course the ratings are down that night. Um, I, I don't feel like there's there's big stories, and and if anything, the the negative stories that are coming out of the NFL with the Colin Kaepernick thing, with with uh, uh, the 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 Josh Brown kicker thing, with with uh, the Giants, um, uh, maybe that's the problem. Maybe people are I don't I don't want to say they're tuning away, but are people watching the NFL for their game? Uh, uh, the ratings uh, uh, maybe were good in in Jacksonville and Tennessee that night, but the uh, general public isn't watching that game. And you and I didn't watch that game. I, I didn't. You didn't. No. But if I had a player in my fantasy team that was playing, sure, I was checking on my phone, but I wasn't tuning in. Yeah. Oh, and, we even get alerts now of when sure. somebody scores. So you don't even really have to watch it. It's like you get, hey, somebody threw a touchdown. To blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, well, cool. So maybe that's it. And and, and for me and, and for you even as a Panthers fan, they haven't had a great season. For me as no. a Bears fan, they haven't had a great season. I'm not tuning in. Um I don't know. I, I, maybe it's the storyline thing, and 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 then you've got these these London games that on the on the oh, West Coast start at six. Don't get me started on that, those. Don't start until uh, they start at six thirty in the morning, and we get up early on a Sunday to watch games, anyways. But I'm not getting up at six thirty in the morning. I get up at six thirty on a Sunday to yeah. watch a game because yeah. it's in London. I yeah. don't know what. I get that there's a whole new market that they're trying to tap into in Europe and London and, and the UK. But they tried it. It was the NFL Europe. It didn't work. Right. Let it go. Yep. Uh, well, I don't. Maybe there's contracts. There. There's look. There's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that we probably don't understand. Contracts and money exchanging hands and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, this is about the fans. And and are the fans the ones that are really? Um, are they the ones driving the revenue here? I think so. They're the ones buying the merchandise. They're the ones going to the games. I mean, are these games in London selling out? Probably. Are, probably because you get once or twice a year you get games over there. So I. Where is the money coming from? What, that's what drives everything, right? If there's revenue, something's generating revenue, they're going to continue to do it, if not ramp it up even more. And as an American, as an American fan, your team is going to fly over to London, be like out of their sort of like body clock, and you expect them to play their, their best game? That can't happen. No. And then six days later, they have to play a game in American soil in the normal time zone. Uh, you've traveled abroad. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some kind of jet lag there, Absolutely right? there is. Yeah, when you when you change when you go to the other side of the world, you're and you're eight hours offset. It takes a day to completely just reset everything. If you're coming back from like the Far East or something back to the states, you're you're looking at a week that you could be completely upside down because of the way that the hemispheres work and everything. So, uh, I don't. I, what's wrong with the NFL? I I don't know. I don't have a problem with the way. I have a problem with the way that it's being used as a propaganda stage by certain players. I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with what they're doing per se, the act of protest, but I don't think that's the right place to do it. And frankly, you're being paid millions of dollars to be a professional athlete. If you're not happy doing that, go somewhere else, yeah. right? Yeah. Go play your game that we as taxpayers and as fans are paying $16 for a beer to watch you play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if and hundreds of dollars for ticket, if not multiple thousands of dollars for season tickets to watch you play a game. I don't have time for your protests. I'm yeah. sorry if people don't agree with that, but that is not the right place to be doing that. If you want to do it in the press conference, if you want to go out and tweet some stuff, that's fine. But stand there and honor the flag and honor the national anthem uh, for the time that you're being paid to do so because you're on the clock. Yeah. This is not your time to be holding a protest. And I wish the players' union would get behind that a little bit more. Way off topic there, but uh, 
Yeah, it just uh, that's I just wanted to rant about that. No, a you're little bit. you're entitled to your opinion, and, and and I do think that might play into your point about people tuning it out. Are we just are they, they just they don't want to tune in to see that kind of stuff? We we watch football to escape from that kind of stuff. Could be, yeah. So I the fact that there that had, and the election and the all the stuff that's controversies and everything are now bleeding into the stuff that we watch to get away from all. South that? Park did that whole first episode about it. Like, oh. what's he going to do? Is he going to kneel? Is he going to whatever? And, and then everybody the left. Yeah, it's the just same after thing. The, if they it's found the same out. Thing. Anyway, same thing. Uh, maybe maybe J.J. Abrams will reboot the NFL and save it. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, South Park fans. So the other thing, that, uh, while we're with sports, um, uh, there was a story that came out today, and I'm not as up on it as I should be, but the U.S. Justice Department is now uh, investigating or suing uh, AT&T and DirecTV over collusion over the Dodgers broadcast. Now, if you're not from L.A., uh, you, you probably don't understand what this is. So... Here's what happened in Los Angeles. Uh, there used to be every single Dodger home game, and I believe away game, and I don't remember, were broadcast over the air on KTLA Channel 9 here mm-hmm. in town. And then suddenly they created the Time Warner Cable Network, right? And so then uh, all the Laker games were on that and all the Dodger games were on that. But DirecTV somehow bought, uh, were able to show all of the Laker games, but they didn't have some kind of deal with the uh, Time Warner Cable. So... Your well, ch- Time Warner created this whole channel called Sportsnet LA. Right, that's what I'm talking about. And, and, and Amy works for them, my wife. Right. So she works for them and, and, and whatever. But what I'm saying is, if you want to watch a Dodger game in Los Angeles, and granted, you don't have to anymore because the Cubs won the World Series, um, you have to have Time Warner Cable. If you have DirecTV, you can't get the Time Warner Cable channel that has the Dodgers. Right. You can get the Lakers channel on that for some reason, but you can't get the Dodgers channel on that. I have a big problem with that, and I'm not a Dodger fan, but I have a big problem with the fact that the people in the hometown of the team cannot watch it unless they buy a certain thing. And we've spoken a number of times about, like, I want to buy the content that I want to consume. That shouldn't apply to your hometown team. Agreed. And, and the fact that they lock you out of it because you choose to have direct TV instead of Time Warner Cable. Right. Uh, so now we've got this whole Justice Department thing where they're coming after them from some kind of antitrust perspective. It's not even that. It's from what I'm reading it's it's like they kind of were in on the deal with themselves or some sort of something. Again, I don't want collusion wanna, of some sort, right? right. But I, I don't want to say something that's wrong or right, but there's but the fact that the Justice Department of the United States is investigating this raises a red flag for me. And this is the same conglomerate that just purchased Time Warner Cable exactly. Incorporated. Interesting. Time or not Time Warner Cable. Time Warner Incorporated. Right. Uh, which in- does not include the internet stuff, but it includes the the cable packages that they cable channels networks that they they own. Yeah. So I think that's going to take an interesting turn as well. Sure. Um, now that they're this huge conglomerate, we run into monopoly and antitrust issues. They control the market for certain for a lot of things at this point. How is that going to compete with NBC, Comcast, Universal? I don't know. They don't have their own internet provider or cable provider. They do. It's called Comcast. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. but not lo- but not locally for us. But yes, you're right, right, correct. You're right. You're right. So, I, I think this is this story is going to play out over the next couple of years. I think, in the sense that once the deal closes for eighty seven billion dollars, right, uh, for Time Warner to be bought by AT and T, which is a ridiculous amount of money, and we're going to see we're seeing Verizon do some stuff where they bought Yahoo, and yep. there, there's some other there's a lot of chess pieces getting moved around right now. But I think we're going to get down to this consolidated big companies. We're going to have AT&T. And it's funny that the telco providers are the ones 
that are buying it. Your Comcast, your AT&T, your Verizon. Uh, is T-Mobile going to buy some? You know, Are they going to buy CBS? I, I don't know. But I, why the telco providers are interested in this, and I think it has to do with the data. It all comes down to the data because that's where the spend is. Nobody uses – I don't know why they call it an iPhone anymore because I don't answer the damn thing. <laughs> all I do is text somebody on yeah. it. It should be iTexter or whatever they want to call it, right? The new iTexter 9. Yeah. This idea that the telcos are now controlling uh, all of the data flow, including what we consume as entertainment, not just apps and texts and Facebook, right? Now we're doing all of this with, uh, with streaming content. Yeah. Mm, that, that's going to start to get interesting, and I think it's underlying they want to sell you more data. It has quite the mass effect on the consumer, which leads us into gaming. So here's the thing. Speaking of Mass Effect, see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Cubs won the World Series. We have we have uh, a Mass Effect sort of teaser that came out. I am a huge fan of the Mass Effect yeah. series, and I know you've played like a little bit of and dabbled into it. It was a big deal for me, um, those three games. And um, there's another one coming out next year. So they did a teaser that has uh, uh, Clancy Brown, the guy that's mm. uh, the, the, the famous, like he's the voice of, I, I hate to say he's the voice of Mr. Crab in, in um uh, SpongeBob, but he's he's a, he's the bad guy in Highlander. He's got like the distinct voice. You know, he played Lex Luthor and all the DC animated stuff, and he's in like uh, whatever. Um, he was the voice of the, the lead voice. orc in Warcraft. There you go. He's the he's the voice in the trailer. So when you hear him, you're like, oh, it's legit because they spent money on Clancy Brown. And you see like a you see one of the um, uh, the people walk out on the moon and they, they say something and they say that something is coming on November seventh because if you remember in the Mass Effect series, uh, every like uh, they're their their shoulders or their logo says N7. So mm-hmm. November 7th, which is a couple of days from now, we're going to maybe see the big Mass Effect Andromeda trailer. Mm. I'm all about it. And supposedly it's going to come out next year. Is that big news? I don't know. I'm excited about it either way. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I admit that I never invested as much as I should have into the Mass Effect series. It's one of those that I wish they would redo for the current systems. Supposedly that's in the pipeline. We'll yeah. see. I don't know. There's no reason not to. It's a pretty trivial effort to go through and update some of that stuff for newer hardware. You just run new renders, new shaders, and repackage it and ship it out and sell it for 50 bucks. Like they might have done with Skyrim, huh? Oh, which I'm hearing amazing things about. So the Skyrim update dropped uh, this week, yesterday? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I think it was, yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday, Tuesday, this week. And um, there's a great article that I'll put in the show notes about a guy who's live updating his post with his experience. And what I'm, uh, what I'm reading about it is I don't know if I have 300 hours to go invest in that amazing, amazing open-world yeah. game again. It was fun, though. I kind of want to go back and see it like in yeah. better graphics. But uh, you're right. We have, so much, we have so limited time in what we are involved in. But like, you kind of want to go like dabble in that world again. You're right. Yes, and, and we need to. We need to just stop playing Destiny all the time. Even though it's so good, true, but um, but you know maybe we will next year when a- apparently Star Wars Battlefront Two is coming out just in time for Episode Eight to hit theaters. <laughs> so Star Wars Battlefront. I'm sure that 2- wasn't planned at all. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I mean, you you didn't play Star Wars Battlefront One as much as I did, and and granted, I've I've not, I did it first. Yeah, and, and I, then I, I got bored. Yeah, I I liked uh, I played the ship battles in it. I thought that was super fun. To, fly around on an X-Wing, and then the next time you fly around on a TIE fighter, and there was like that fun thing where you get to be like the villains or the heroes, and you get to run around with Han Solo, and they've they've done some expansions where I got the season pass because I'm a Star Wars nut job, like you know, and the Cubs won the World Series. And um, 
so I, I keep playing something like that, and, and 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 so I don't know what the new Battlefront would be. I would hope that there would be some kind of like campaign in it because in the in the first game there was not a campaign. It was all just multiplayer, right? Maps. So yeah. it would be fun to to be like, all right, I'm going to run around in 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 Tatooine and do this thing that I have to do with Luke Skywalker right. or with whoever because they have all those character models built. So like, why not? So hopefully- well, they did do that with Titanfall. So the new Titanfall two right. game that came out, right. the first one was only a multiplayer right. deathmatch sort of team deathmatch kind of thing, right? And now Titanfall two is we understand is yeah. gonna uh, have a full single player campaign, yep. which and I'm I, looking forward to playing. And I've heard really good things about it. I picked up Titanfall two on PS4. I've been working a ton over the last couple of weeks, so I've not had a chance to play games as much yeah. as I would like. So I'm hoping to to play it. And let you guys know what I think of it. I, I picked up Battlefield One and Gears of War, and again, I've not touched any of that stuff. But um, again, because of my own personal obligations with work and family and such, but um, I'm excited to get into that. Um, speaking of video games that that might have had a, a bit of a, a thing, our old friend No Man's Sky had something happen this week. What happened, Nick? Interestingly enough, there was a tweet that was sent out from the Hello Games corporate twitter account that said no man's sky was a mistake that's what that's what the tweet read from their official twitter from their i'm not sure whether it was sean murray's personal account it was like yeah i think or it was the hell either way but it's not any less controversial so all of a sudden news comes out that hello games hat was hacked their twitter account got hacked and their internal email stuff got hacked and there's somebody i think it was um was it, it was on Forbes, I think it was, yes. where they were yeah, live yeah, yeah. updating uh, as they were getting correspondence about the situation from Hello Games. They were going back and forth about, oh, it's a hack. No, it's not really a hack. I made a mistake. I was hammered. I tweeted something I shouldn't have. We've all done that. Sure. So they deleted all the tweets that were bad to cover up from it, but people were screenshotting and all that stuff. There, there is no end to this story that I've heard yet. I, I don't know. Nobody knows whether it was real. Nobody knows whether Sean Murray just got hammered one night and just... Oh, I never should have. Uh, I messed up. Oh, I never should have done that stupid game. You know, yeah. uh, I tried to tell people. <laughs> so there's two things I take out of this out of this story. Number one is the fact that um, if I read correctly, this is the first tweet from that Twitter account that has come out since the game launched. Uh-huh. Because Sean Murray was like, "Oh, we're excited about the launch," and then when the when the shitstorm happened and it was terrible, they went like radio silent, and then. The next thing we hear is like, oh, we messed up, or it was horrible, or whatever this tweet was, right? So, I mean, the last update that we, the last update that I see on the post here is that uh, he, he actually changed, the, the author changed the title of the post to uh, better reflect it. And, you know, the original headline that he had was the mysterious deleted No Man's Sky tweet maybe wasn't a hack after all, um, because he had gotten an email from Hello Games uh, that said that it was a hack. Uh, now he honestly don't doesn't know what happened. Hello Games hasn't responded to any of the emails or tweets since then, and requests for further explanation. They they only say we don't know. We haven't figured it out yet. So nobody knows. Yeah, and and it, there's not really a lot to talk about here other than don't get on Twitter when you're drunk. That's really what <laughs> that's really what it yeah. all comes back to. Yeah. Other than that, there's no story here. Somebody messed up. Whether it was a social media manager who you know, was a disgruntled employee or Sean Murray himself got on his Twitter account and said something he shouldn't have, even though pers- my personal opinions are not reflected here on my Twitter. Whatever. The point remains is that don't get on Twitter when you're drunk. Don't say things that you shouldn't have that will reflect the company and the game that you've personally stood behind and fought for. And, and just it, social media is a big deal. 
Oh, the other thing that that uh, that was my second point was the fact that I think I read in that article that there are only six employees at Hello Games, not eighteen. Yeah, eighteen was the last I, number I, think I read. Six, so I could be wrong, but that's that's <sighs> debatable. Let's talk about some happy Look, video games. Let's talk about No Man's Sky was a fucking terrible game. Yes. I'm going to say it. It was yeah, a great it was... idea. It was horribly executed. I, I, I wish I could get my money back. I wish I could go back and see the future. Hindsight's 2020. Don't waste your money. Let's move on. I'm tired of talking about No Man's Sky on all these podcasts. So guess what? No more No Man's Sky. But we want to talk <laughs> about some stuff that actually uh, 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 happened this week. Um, so I... Uh, we we are we are fans of Activision, and my first exposure to Activision as a kid was Pitfall. Remember that oh, game? God, I loved Pitfall, it. Right? It was one of my first. It was one of my first NES games. No, no, no. That was your first Atari game. I didn't have an Atari. Oh, you did. Oh, well, that was my first Atari. Well, like one of my first Atari games was Pitfall, and like you'd swing, swing on the vines, right? So, oh no, crocodile. So Activision, who are who are the company that's now behind Call of Duty, and and they own Blizzard now, and they own Destiny, Bungie, sure, they own all those things, right? So they 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 created a a a content creating studio, so to speak, so they can make cartoons and movies and whatever, just based on all of their stuff um, that uh, gave us the, uh, those, those awesome anime cartoons that we got uh, before the overwatch release mm-hmm. um, that gave us a number of things. So they've, they've, they have a uh, show on Netflix based on the Skylanders universe. And you might not know that, but I do. It's sort of that like toys to life thing. And there's a bunch of like really cool characters, right? So that show started on Netflix. Basically they came out this week and said that they, they like the idea of maybe now that the Skylanders show is successful on Netflix, that maybe they would do a, uh, an overwatch series or potentially a Starcraft series, which mm. you are much more of a Starcraft player than I ever was. So to you, to me, as not a person of that StarCraft lore, like how cool would that be? It would be incredibly cool, and I'm going to speak almost exclusively about the StarCraft stuff because Overwatch A it hasn't been around long enough. Yeah. It B it's a first person shooter, you know, Team Fortress kind of game. It, it there's not a lot of lore behind it. Sure, you could dig into the characters, but what are you what are you doing there? StarCraft has over 20 years of story and lore, and it's absolutely ripe for a series. Uh, if you play, if you watch all of the cinematics from the two, three different games and all their expansions, incredible, incredible cinematic experience to watch all of that. The big thing I took away from this article for me um, was they said, we're going to do more, and this is quoting Cher from Activision, uh, Activision Blizzard Studios. We're going to do more, but we're going to move very carefully and thoughtfully. We've already announced that we're going to do Call of Duty as a big feature film. Really? And that struck me. I hadn't heard that. I missed that, too. We're going to have a big feature film for Call of Duty, which is... How do you make a story out of that? But which one? Like uh, World War II Call of Duty? Space Call of Duty? I don't... Who knows? <laughs> and, you know, and that's an example, as she says, as mat- of matching the game to the medium. We're going to pick the best medium for each title whether that's film, TV, or animated shorts, the one that best serves each franchise individually. So I think Overwatch would be fantastic for shorts, for animated shorts to do a quick little story about how they go into a battle and whatever. I think Call of Duty, interesting choice to make a feature film out of. Yeah. I think StarCraft could be an amazing uh, you know, weekly episodic feature film. There is enough there to do all of that if you wanted to. Uh, the StarCraft universe has three major races. Each of those have their own deep lore. I mean, there's arguably more there than Warcraft. It's just never really been explored. Hmm. So I, I'm very excited to see what they do with StarCraft. Overwatch? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's not because I'm not a big Overwatch player. But I just, you you like those those uh, those cartoons that they did before it, and whether or not you like the game, there's some interesting yeah. stuff there, and, and, and they could explore it. Here's one more thing we'll talk about in video games. Um, GameStop, and this is going to take us in a couple of different mm-hmm. directions. GameStop says that their October game sales on the big titles did not meet their their expectations. Now, last week we talked about how. Um, October, late October, is usually a huge time for video game releases. Let's talk about the games that have come out in the last couple of weeks. We're talking Battlefield 1, Titanfall, Gears of War. Like, these are the big-time titles that they're, they're basically their holiday push, right? And they're saying at this point in October, their game sales have not been as good. Now, the question becomes, is it the sales at GameStop or is it the sales overall? Because we are now moving into, and you and I differ on this, is the digital game sales, yep. right? You know me, I, I play the GameStop game quite a bit. Like, for instance, I got Titanfall for 20 bucks when I traded in a bunch of my older games. So, But you play the shell game of swapping games back and forth for right. the quote-unquote discount that you get, right? Right, right. Which uh, could be argued that you're losing money doing that. But sure. I can't remember the last physical copy of a game I bought. Yeah. It might have been GTA Five, okay, uh, which two years ago at this point. Uh, if not longer. The thing that I wanted to drive home here was uh, we're not exposed because Activision doesn't and EA and all of those guys, they don't share digital numbers. They don't share digital download numbers. They don't share subscriber numbers. All They do that for a reason so that it doesn't affect earnings calls and stock prices and all that stuff. Um, even Blizzard stopped talking about subscriber numbers for yeah. World of Warcraft, right? So we have no idea of what's going on here from a digital downloads perspective. Now, I've got a shelf full of video games yep. that are in there that I haven't pulled the disc out of in I don't know how long. Right. Because I've either d- stopped playing them or I just digital download everything that I've gotten since then. Yep. So uh, even, you know, all the modern games that I have that are on there, they're all digital downloads. So I think what's happening here is not that GameStop's numbers are down. They probably they are down. We know that, but it, it's bigger than that because it, I think they're going the way of Blockbuster. Oh, good point. I think point. they are. Um, we're going to see a downtrend in physical to digital. Uh, we're going to see a downtrend in physical and an uptrend in digital. And that's why GameStop is now like, hey, sell your iPad, sell your blah, blah, blah. So they're they trying start, to branch out. So they can start selling like actual hardware stuff there. Like, oh, you can trade in your iPad and get some games and stuff. They're, they're like grasping at their last straw. You could be right about that. Yeah. I I think they might be done. I think uh, Gamefly is in the early days of where Netflix was in the early days. I've had I've had Gamefly for almost ten years. I know, but you're still getting shipped discs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the interesting things that could happen here is if if Gamefly could figure out a way to do digital renting, and you could have an app on your PlayStation or Xbox, and you could rent a game for a month and and have it expire or something like that with a code kind of how they do the beta trials and stuff like that. I think that's the next evolution of this because, I mean, at the end of the day, what you're really looking at is uh, access. And and I think what, what Blockbuster ultimately failed at was access. People got tired of going to a store and, and getting their things. So everybody, the Netflix started the where they would ship you the CDs. Right. Then Blockbuster had their thing where they ship you they the tried CDs. They to latch on to like the last minute, right? Yeah, and then, then internet got good enough to where you could just, stream it or download so they had the netflix transition to the streaming version right and, and what i hope happens here because i don't want the game flies to go away because I, I without them there's no way to test drive a game and decide 
whether or not you want to go drop $60 on a game, if not $99 or $100 on a digital deluxe. I'm doing air quotes. Sure. So I, I think that it needs to evolve into some kind of digital trial of some sort, or the gaming companies themselves need to give you a 30-day kind of trial of some. Maybe you pay a subscription fee to – maybe it's part of your PSN or your Xbox Live kind they, of thing. They kind of started that with the uh, EA Access thing on Xbox One, which they don't have on, on PS4, where, uh, for instance, uh, I'm an EA Access member for 30 bucks a year, and I get to play Madden or NHL or whatever like a couple of days before it comes out, and you get to do the beta or – and you get to try it out, and then you don't. And then maybe what you've done carries over when you actually buy the physical game. And like, so the day of release, the beta ends or the thing ends. I think they did it with Battlefield One as well. Did it with Destiny too? Sure. I played so, the alpha before I ever played the sure. actual game. So that's what it is. We could talk about this at length, but there it is. Um, yeah, the Cubs won the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to end that and uh, move on to our next topic, which is... Wrestling! Wrestling! Break it down! Not much here this week, but uh, you watched the pay-per-view, right? And did you... Uh, I didn't. I did. There was the Hell in the Cell thing with the girls, and how did that go? So here's my rant about <laughs> Hell in a Cell, here okay? We here we go. Gone are the days of mankind being thrown through the ceiling of Hell in a Cell. What we basically have is a no-disqualification match that has to end in pinfall or submission with anything goes, and oh, by the way, yeah, they get their face rubbed into a fence every now and then. There's no more climbing on the cages. There's no more, you know, this crazy stunts like we saw Shane McMahon jump off uh, Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania against Undertaker. Before that, I don't know. What was it, two years ago, Ambrose and Seth Rollins? Maybe. Yeah, we I, saw, we, like, you and I went and saw Lesnar and Undertaker live in the Hell in a Cell, but... but they didn't did, do anything on the did, cell! It didn't matter that they were in the Hell in a Cell. Like, exactly. That, the whole thing of, like, it's just a giant, big uh, chain-link fence thing with a ceiling that is there and surrounding them, but nothing happens that says, like, we should be doing this in a Hell in a Cell. It's right. just like, Hell in a Cell! It's Hell in a Cell! It's Hell in a Cell! And then, but not, you're right, nothing happens. And, and Monday Night Raw, you know, Mick Foley's coming out going, you don't know about Hell in a Cell! I know about Hell in a Cell! Well, he does. He does, <laughs> he's right, but the problem is the superstars of today aren't doing that crazy shit anymore because reasons, because insurance, because whatever, sure. safety, blah, 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 whatever all that is, right? To me, it becomes a fruitless venture. If if you're pumping me up this Sunday, hell in a cell. Right. People are gonna be jumping off cages and setting each other on fire and all this stuff. Crazy but it's just a no disqualification match. That's really all it, it, it tables and chairs and you know, uh, that stuff. It, there's nothing special that happened. Yes, you had the first ever women's hell in a cell match. Did they use the cell? Not really. Short of throwing each other into the cage in a, a little bit. So it's yeah. just a cage match. It just happens to have a ceiling, is what you're saying. It pretty I wouldn't even call it a cage match. I mean, yeah. you got to use the cage. Yeah. So that's why I keep going back to it. It's a no disqualification. Look, we had three main events inside Hell in a Cell and all this marketing and propaganda. At the end of the day, they didn't really, really use the cells. And that's what really gets me wound up. I want to see them doing stupid shit. If you're going to sell me a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, I, I expect a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view of days of yore. You know, just the people jumping off and doing crazy stupid stuff and landing on tables and I... I, we don't. Get, we probably haven't had that kind of stuff since Christian and Edge uh, sure. ten years ago. Sure, 
Uh, one more thing about wrestling, and we're not going to talk about it much more. Um, there is a rumor that Kurt Angle might be coming back to the WWE for Royal Rumble. I'm all for it, uh, but I will say that that Kurt Angle, while he's an amazing wrestler and he was a great in-ring performer, all of his funny bits that he did were always based on him being with like with Stone Cold or like playing off of somebody else. So yeah. all of those people aren't there anymore. So and people making fun of him, right? And so I don't know if that'll work anymore. I will be happy to see him if he comes back, but whatever. He showed up at some underground paper. I don't know what it was. Some underground match, underground wrestling match, or something uh, six months ago. And when they hit his music, just that. The crowd lost their minds. Of course. And they, they did the full you suck, you yeah. suck thing in between all of his ta- uh, the beats of his music. It was fantastic, but it was novelty. Right. And I think you're onto something. Without the people that he had, the dynamic and the, uh, the ability to freestyle that we had in the Attitude Era 15, 16 years ago, uh, I don't know if he's going to be as relevant. Is it going to be another, you know old man coming back kind of thing? Is he going to show up three times a year? Is he going to be part of the weekly roster? I, I don't know because, I mean, look, we've got Goldberg that's come back. We're going to have Goldberg versus Lesnar rematch uh, at Survivor Series this month, later this month. So there's... Where does Angle fit in? I don't know. Maybe he comes back at Royal Rumble before, and we start off, you know, maybe the road number, to WrestleMania. Maybe he's number thirty that comes in and he wins something. Who knows? Is it going to be another Sting thing where we try and get him into the, you know, for the title, and, I, and then he gets I, hurt, and then he can't wrestle anymore? Blah who knows? blah 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 blah. Look, blah, I, blah. I love the idea of the old superstars coming back. I don't think we'll ever get another reemergence like we did with Hogan, even coming out of WCW uh, with Hollywood Hogan and all of that stuff. Uh, he complete. He went on to wrestle for many years uh, in the WWE, well, three or four years at yep. least. Right? It wasn't these one-off kind of appearances that we're seeing. So I don't know if we're going to get another uh, resurgence of an old superstar like we did with Hogan. But Angle probably could pull it off. He's probably one of the more likely candidates that could become a weekly thing involved in the promos and uh, the wrestling events. He's definitely good on the mic. And if you talk about things that are still relevant, that will bring us to our tech segment. <laughs> Apple had a big event this week. Mm-hmm. You watched it. I didn't as much. And we're both huge Apple fans. But Nick, what did Apple have to tell us about what's coming up? Go. Oh, there's three big things that we need to talk about here. One of them is the Apple TV, which I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. And I want to talk about that first because you always start out with a good thing, right? Yep. So Apple TV has now introduced, they're going to be introducing this, I call it the meta streaming. And this is ideal for anybody that's a cord cutter specifically, but anybody that's not can still take advantage of a lot of this stuff. Too. Myself being one of them. Right. So I've been a cord cutter now. I'm in my fourth year with no cable whatsoever, and it's completely a way of life for me now. I can't imagine ever having a, a cable subscription again. So what I have is I have a subscription to Hulu, and it's got its shows, and I have a subscription to Netflix, and there's shows on there that I watch, mostly older stuff that I go back and rewatch or catch up on stuff I haven't seen, and movies, etc. HBO Now. I've got HBO Now, which I watch multiple times a week. I've got um, WWE Network to watch, you know, pay-per-views mostly on there because they don't, you know, live do this. I have to watch it on Hulu instead of, which makes no sense. But I digress. Uh, So what they're doing is the hardest part about managing all of those and micromanaging each of those subscriptions is that you have an individual app 
And you have to know where all of your shows are within each of those apps and within each of those subscription models. So what Apple TV has done is they've now taken, a, taken all of that data of things that you subscribe to and shows that are available on all of those things that you subscribe to and now giving you one master search across all of your subscriptions that they've indexed so that you can use Siri and go, Siri, I want to watch Friday Night Lights. Yeah. And it will give you results that it's on Netflix, it's on Hulu, it's on the iTunes store. Where do you want to watch it? And here's how it's available to you. This is above and beyond. Any, and I can see a day where in the near future where you won't actually have to go into each of the individual apps anymore. And log in with your DirecTV account. Or log no, in you'll have it. to do that. But only once, right? Only once to set it up. And then Apple TV indexes all of it and, knows, and then what, and yeah. knows what you have access to and will just launch you straight into that show. It won't take you to a website to slash activate and type in this weird code. Now you can watch it. So that's not that's... even that. Oh. For, that's a whole different conversation. Okay. So. They're, the, what they're talking about is that's called what they're calling single sign-on, and you're going to be able to lock an account into your Apple TV that'll be your cable account. So then once you're logged into all these accounts and you have all, like, all of these apps you have, what you're saying is, I will say, I want to watch Game of Thrones, and it'll be like, well, go to HBO now, idiot. Uh, you have that. Like, no, I'll it'll look- just launch it for you. Oh, cool. Okay. And it, what it'll do is, behind the scenes, it'll launch HBO now and take you directly to the first episode, or... It'll take you right back to the spot within HBO now, within that episode where you stopped watching it, all without taking removing all those middleman steps. Basically. So instead of you having to go to the HBO app and being like, here's my watch list of things I've watched, there's an Apple app that will have a watch list like we've come to custom yep. to on Hulu and, and not Netflix, because I guess Netflix isn't a part of this. It'll just they say, are. here's the things, that, uh, I don't think they are, well, here's the things that you've watched and it'll just send you to those without you saying, like, I'm going to click on the HBO Now app and then pick this episode and whatever. It's going to just do it. Yep. Because there's an app, I think, called just TV. It's called the TV app. Yeah. And it's going to be on all your devices brilliant. and all your uh, all your Apple devices, including Apple TV, iPhone, iPad, and, and your Mac is even going to have it as well. Cool. So anywhere you are, uh, you'll have the TV app. And it'll keep track of across devices where you are within each of your subscriptions and each of your shows. That to me is probably the best news as a consumer of entertainment um, programming that has, as a cord cutter that has has come out in in the longest time. I can't remember the last time I was this excited about something on Apple TV. Yeah, Combo that with the cable subscription single sign on. Yeah. So now um, I for every. For ESPN, for Fox Sports Go, for all these other things, yeah. every single one of them you have to go and activate individually mm-hmm. using the same set of credentials. Now you can lock those credentials into the Apple TV, and when you download a new cable app, it'll automatically authenticate to your cable provider for you without you having to do that activation step. Perfect. And I think this is coming in December, I think it said? Yeah, they said December is uh, when, before Christmas. I, I'm not sure what the actual date was, but we're supposed to get it before the end of the year. Great. So that TV app, look for that to roll out. Okay, that ends the good news <laughs> of yeah. the uh, of the Apple event last week um, because it, it you know it it did go on last Wednesday. We had recorded already, uh, but I wanted to catch everybody up on this stuff. Look, you've no doubt heard about the MacBook Pro line that's come out. All new processors, all new hardware. It's all getting better. There's two big things we need to talk about here. Touch Bar, Touch Bar is the first one. So, um, so what? Exactly, and they had to get some DJ up there to show that he could move his fingers and actually DJ show, and it was horrible, and fine, whatever. It's a novelty. It's a knockoff. The only thing that does look good with it is Photoshop, so I'm I'm anxious to hear from some of my designer friends that uh, work in that side of the world 
because they can choose brushes and they have a slider for the color palette and all that. That to me instead looks like of, instead of using their mouse, so it's a novelty for three thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So again, it's a novelty, and to me, it's a half-ass effort to get caught up with touchscreen, which will inevitably be the next iteration. They're already working on it. There's rumors going around about it, but they had to get a line out for the October launch event. And they just didn't have time to do the full touchscreen thing with all the retina displays and all that. Probably still working on it. But they had the touch bar, which most of my tech friends are more pissed off that the escape key is going to be gone now. The, all the really? escape key and all oh, the function wow. keys are gone. Wow. Okay. They're like, we're changing things here at Apple. We're challenging design. But you still can't We've touch- removed the yeah. function keys at the top of your keyboard. You, you still can't <laughs> touch the screen like you can on a freaking Microsoft Surface. Right. So the touch bar, while the novelty of it looks okay and cool, and I have some friends that are excited about it, uh, to the everyday user, you probably couldn't give a shit. And are you going to go out and drop three grand on a new MacBook Pro because it has touch bar? No. They're just over-marketing the shit out of it. So I, ultimately, eh. eh. Is, is my big thing. I want to move on to the second thing because that's way more important to people. Okay. Uh, USB-C. And I don't think a lot of people understand what USB-C is. And it's really simple. Look, uh, back in the day, 15 years ago, we had this new thing show up called USB. Remember when you had to deal with PS2 ports and parallel ports and serial ports and all these different things for your printers and your modems and all these? Yep. And USB came along and it was like, oh! <gasps> One port for everything. Oh, my God, all my devices. I can have six of these USB ports, and I can just plug anything into it. USB-C is the next evolution of that. Now we're going to have four USB-C ports. Here's the problem with that. Nobody has any USB-C devices yet. So what do you have to get? Adapters. So you are going to be swimming in a sea of adapters, of dongles, of um, you know, just these adapters. You're going to have to go get... Uh, there's no more... There's no more regular USB ports. There's no more MagSafe power adapter, which I think was still one of the best inventions Apple ever made, the mag, yeah. magnetic power adapter that just popped off. So you didn't trip and yank your whole friggin' which I've done and laptop to, off the which table. Which I've done and had to rebuy $80 power cables because of that. Right. Uh, you don't have any more um, uh, HDMI ports on the side. You don't have any more SD flash cards on the side. If you actually use those things, which we'll get to in just a moment, I think that'll be a fun conversation. Um, you have to buy adapters for them all. Much like you for the uh, iPhone 7 that came out, you had to buy a headphone jack dongle to go into the lightning port, right? Right. So now you're going to have these $30 to $50 block dongles that have all your different adapters, kind of like what we used to call port replicators, Sure. Right. that plug into the one connection. There's good and there's bad here. The good news is, is we're moving technology forward. Those USB-C ports can support multiple streams of 40 gigabit per second Thunderbolt 3. Wow. That stuff is really going to take off from storage and display technology well, that's coming transfer. out. Transfer 40 gigs a second sounds crazy. Gigabits, not gigabytes. Okay. Um, it's, and that's, even, that's a different conversation altogether. But on that same cable that you're transmitting 40 gigabit per second, you can do three up to three of those. You can have two NAS storage arrays at those speeds. You can have multiple display drivers. You can power. Uh, you can do any auxiliary stuff like FireWire, etc. So what they're doing is they're going through this. And it's funny how everything in technology comes full circle about every 15 to 20 years. This is the exact same thing we went through with transitioning everything to USB, probably around Y2K, 2002, something yep. like that, right? 
we had all these different ports, and it was like, oh, well, I have to have this. So I used to carry around a cable with me when I was working in tech around Y2K that was a USB to a 15-pin uh, serial port yep. to work on all the network yep. switches and stuff. Yep. So that was something, and I had to run special software. So we're going through that phase all over again, and it's different because there's a whole new generation that are using these smaller laptops now. But I, I think the people, they're the ones that are going to get bent out of shape about it, not really the guys that have been through it before, like myself and like yourself. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah, you're going to have to spend a lot of money on adapters that are going to be irrelevant in a couple of years because all the devices are going to get updated to be using USB-C, and all these specialized connections and proprietary stuff is going to go away. And we're going to be right back where we were with USB. But the problem is, uh, like, if, if I'm hearing what you're saying, is that is that, um, and I'm I'm usually a step behind you as far as the cables and the cords and all that sort of stuff. So if I go out and I drop two thousand or twenty five hundred dollars for a high end MacBook Pro, I then now have to go spend a couple hundred dollars in these dongles and cables and all this sort of stuff to just get my standard. Like, I want to plug my camera into my MacBook. Well, I can't. I need to get. Is that what you're saying? Kind of, yeah. But so I'll ask you the question. You were we were talking about this earlier. Um, you were saying, yeah, but I don't have my SD card slot anymore. I don't have my CD player. I don't have my uh, HDMI port. When was the last time you actually plugged an SD card into your laptop? Not into mine, but into my wife's. We did after Halloween, like okay. a couple of days ago, just to take the pictures so she could upload them. And again, she's not working off Windows 10, but I mean, there is that that sort of. So there's a $5 adapter you can buy off of Amazon that has that, and it's regular USB. But, oh, wait, it doesn't have USB ports anymore either. Oh. They're all USB-C. And I'm sorry, Apple, you did this too fast. Um, you should have left me at least one, if not two, regular standard USB ports. And instead, you just yanked... Ev- there are no more ports at all. There are four USB-C ports. That's it! Wow. Nothing. Nothing like... so. The fact that you want me to go out and drop the better part of three grand tax tag and title out the door for just a computer for well, I mean, by the time you get your your computer's roughly twenty five hundred dollars if you kit it out decently, you buy two three hundred dollars worth of adapters, you pay tax on all of that stuff. I mean, you're three grand before you get out the door for what ultimately just to upload the pictures from my digital camera uh, for a faster computer? processor i mean no i mean in the package what are you getting out of that you're getting a faster processor maybe a little bit better display than what you have today i i, I don't know I, am i going to take the my one year old 13 inch macbook pro and go replace it with a new one for three grand fuck no but you might be able to take your old macbook pro and do something else with it right Microsoft also had a big announcement this week, and I'm still following up on this. So right now it's more speculation, and we're trying to get our heads around it. But allegedly, Microsoft is offering up to $650 in rebates for trade-in of your MacBook to go towards one of the new Surface Pro lines that we talked about last week. One of the big ones that's exciting to me about that is the new 27-inch um, I don't even know what they call that version of it. I call it the Surface iMac. Yeah. But it's it looks like a 27-inch Apple iMac, but it comes down. It's fully touchscreen, so having a 27-inch touchscreen display that also actuates down so that you can lay it down flat with the pedestal and draw on it with your fingers or like a professional digital pencil. Huh. That, to me, is, is game-changing shit. And Microsoft has been on a trend here for the last couple of years of, of doing some game-changing shit. And I think they're going to continue to push forward with this because if you look at what they're doing with the Surface line versus what Apple announced with Touch Bar because yeah. they didn't have a touchscreen ready to go, I don't know. Look, at the end of the day, it still runs Windows 10. 
Windows 10 still kind of sucks ass. I, I don't know. Unless you're just a Windows fanboy, you're just you're not really enjoying Windows 10. Uh, and at the end of the day, it, you still have to get around that stuff. So what are you really doing with these devices? It's kind of a man-in-the-mirror conversation that you have to have with yourself. And for me, look, I still love, um, I still love Mac OS. I, I fell in love with it many years ago, and I, I, just, I don't know if I could go back to Windows for anything other than video gaming at this point. Yep. So, so listen, we've talked a lot about tech and video games and, and wrestling and all that sort of stuff, but I, I, I want to uh, get us back to our main topic. Let's not forget what happened a couple of days ago, which was Halloween. And yes, last week was our Halloween episode, but then we've now lived Halloween uh, as of a couple of days ago. For you, I want you to talk to me about uh, this experience that you had, uh, your local Halloween block party thing. You told me a bit about this. I want to hear about this. <laughs> so I experienced something that I had never experienced before, and... I I kind of dig it, but I was very surprised that it went on. So I I do my for the past four or five years I've done Wolverine. People, somebody randomly told me I look like Wolverine a few years ago based on my hair. But so I've mastered the look of Wolverine. So I went over to the girlfriend's family's house. We took the kids around the block, and there was this thing special street that they said they were going to go to. And I was like, well, okay. So we had, we we piled in fifteen people into these three cars, drove over to. Uh, you know, 10 blocks away. And when we get there, there's road signs block off the street. There's traffic cops there just looking over everything. And I look down the street and it's just houses are lit up with these crazy decorations. Huh. And there are thousands upon thousands of people in this five to six blocks in this neighborhood right off of Ventura Boulevard. It's called Stansbury Street for any of you that live here in the Valley in Los Angeles. But uh, it, the whole novelty of it was, I guess, getting a, a community together. And and just bring creating a safe environment where kids could trick or treat and parents wouldn't have to worry and cars wouldn't be going up and down the street and you have to. Do, I thought it was fantastic. One, it gave a sort of Macadamville kind of uh, effect to Halloween that I had never seen before. Huh. Super decorated houses uh, that you only really see at Christmas um, with all these kinds of and there were people pulling pulleys to have these big actuated monsters and ghosts hanging in trees. It was amazing. As someone that loves Halloween as much as I do, I was a little kid just going, whoa, this is awesome. You know, just looking around and enjoying all of the people that were dressed up. The costumes were great. And for me, it was, I didn't have much of a costume costume. It was just, I put a wife beater tank top on and shaved my beard and did put some gel in my hair and had a cigar in my mouth. That was my costume. That was Wolverine. And you turned into Wolverine. And, and immediately turned, but I didn't have some elaborate, you know, thing that I spent months creating to to have this thing walking around. I mean, I saw people pushing a a front porch on wheels down the street. I, I, I guess they went to went to as a front door for Halloween. <laughs> Stuff like that blows my mind that, that people go to lengths like that. And I think I think that's that's what our uh, what we wanted to talk about a little bit in our main topic for tonight. And and it will be quick, but it it's something to talk about. Um, I. I, uh, my Halloween experience is completely different. You know, I have two little girls, and we went and trick-or-treated in the neighborhood just like I did when I grew up. I have never been a person that dresses up. I guess if I did, like, I think I have, like, a Jedi Terry cloth robe that I have as, like, a joke gift. You okay. know what I mean? And I've got longer hair and a beard, so I could probably pull off a Jedi warrior or just a guy walking around. But I'm not one to, like, I I, I, I feel like, it, for me, and I'm going to play, like, you know, get off my lawn, but I'm, uh, to me... Halloween is is a is a kids holiday. It's it's a thing for kids and you go out and you go trick or treating. But there's this whole 
for Halloween, there's this whole uh, Halloween, and my wife's the same way, there's this whole Halloween party thing for people that, like for you, you, you dress up as Wolverine. You dress up yeah. as Wolverine because you can pull that off pretty quickly. Yeah. Just like I said, I could pull off a Jedi warrior yeah. or, like, you know, a sage pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, there's big Halloween parties and people like to dress up and people like to put on costumes. I personally don't. I guess what I'm getting at is like, what's the appeal to that at this at the core, and then we'll maybe move on to a little bit more. What do you think it is? I honestly have no idea. For me, it's just fun. You get to do it once per year. Um, you know, from the adult side of it, people dress up as stuff. The girls put on slutty thigh highs and become <laughs> like you know whatever the fishnets and all this kind of stuff, and it's fun. Everybody has fun with it. But uh, at the end of the, you know, people come up with creative pop culture themes for their costumes that are relevant at the time, and yeah, it's good for a laugh. But at the end of the day, it's it's about just having a good time. And and I don't I don't know if there's any significance to what you what drives you to dress up as as something as if it's but just more of a to be part of an in crowd that are that's doing it. You do it because everybody else is doing it. Is it's it, one of those things. Is there I'm trying to uh, like I'm trying to be like what's the psychology behind it? Like why do I dress up as this person? Or you know, you dress up as Wolverine, you could you, you could have pulled off something else, but Wolverine to you it works cuz yeah. of your personality in my opinion. Um uh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you're, you're not indestructible. You do like to drink, and uh, um, if if you were a true Wolverine, you would drink and not get drunk, which would be awesome. Yes. And the Cubs will win the World Series. And uh, I don't know. I guess I guess it, there's a whole thing here. I mean, there's the there's this uh, take take the adult thing of cosplay. Yes. Which is a big deal. Like I, I'm I'm starting a show uh, this week on. We're going to do a show for sci-fi that's about cosplay. And I'm just fascinated by this. And, I, and I've worked on um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, which is, again, about people dressing up and playing somebody that they're not. I personally, I just don't get it. I, I, I dress up once a week and become a hockey player, but I actually play hockey, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to do with you and, and, and whoever is, is to get behind the science of that, if there is a science to it, or just the psychology of it, of, of, the, of the dress up thing. Tell me. Uh, I, I guess it's just I, I don't get it. So when when you dress up, or or maybe you don't get it for the cosplay people, what is it? Why do we need to 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 step out of our own zone and, and play somebody else? It's fantasy. It, it all comes back to fantasy, and you know it goes back to role playing in the early days of Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. You dressed up as a character that you were going to play before you rolled your dice and got your graph paper out, right? right. And when you get into full blown role playing like that, that's really what it was. Today. Unfortunately, in modern society, it's all about the Instagram picture and the tweet and the following that you're going to get because you made a cool costume. That's putting Halloween aside for a minute. And if we talk more about like kind of where you were going with the the cosplay industry and stuff like that, uh, there's a whole subculture of uh, of people out there that get paid to go to events dressed up in whatever costumes they made. For reasons, oh, and and most of them are these geeky sci-fi kind of conventions and stuff like that that I love. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, BlizzCon. I'm going to BlizzCon this weekend. There's yep. going to be thousands of people dressed up in all kinds of different Blizzard costumes. And I've running been to around. the comic conventions, and like there's a Vader, and there's a Stormtrooper, and there's like all these people, and it's great. But I just I don't. But get why the, do they do it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll have one of them on, and they can tell us what the what the psychology is. There's a few of them I follow on Facebook, but just because I'm impressed with the creativity of their craft of the stuff that they're able to create out of styrofoam and leather and all of these, they recreate these characters, these fictional 
animated characters that we play in video games and see in movies and oh, stuff like a, that. There's a perfect example. So, like, yes, I uh, I step into the world of my video game characters, but I don't actually become them. So you're getting onto something there, where it's like it's cool to like to become them, l- literally to to like. There's like like let's let's take our Destiny characters, and they have like a certain helmet, mm-hmm. a certain glove, or whatever. You can go out and you can you can make that, or you can find like a way to 3D print a gun or whatever. And and you could do that. Uh, that's I, I never really thought about that. That's that's kind of interesting. But I don't think you. There, ha, I mean, there's part of that. I I went to Madness still with the Wolverine get up on Monday night. Right. Monday night middle metal Madness. And people were high fiving you, and people were like, "Yeah, what's up?" And they're like, they're like "Hey, Wolverine, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. high five. There's that fun element of it, but it's sometimes maybe you try to make a costume that you, people don't know, but you guess, and when they guess wrong, it's like, no, I was towed from, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I, look, I, I I really can't, without getting someone on here who's done it as a career for you know a long time, I, I think that people have figured out a way to make a living off of doing this. Uh, we look at the guys that are on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, perfect example. Um, we yeah, look yeah, at the people right. that go to the conventions yeah. as professional cosplayers, playing a part and even going so far as mastering the voice and the vocal tones and the lines and all of that stuff. Imagine as a fan that you go to these conventions or you come to visit Hollywood for the first time and you go on these tours and you walk down in front of the man's Chinese theater and there's there's Spider-Man. No, but there's the guy that's Superman that I saw in that documentary. You're right, you're right. You're so right. there's a whole and there's a there's a Jack Sparrow and there's a Batman and there's all of the fictional characters that we love are imagine being a six year old kid and walking up there goes oh god it's Batman yeah you know, that's that exists and I experienced it myself probably for the first time when I went over to my girlfriend's house and there were some young kids six and seven years old that were convinced that I was the real Wolverine. Oh, that's so cool. That I was Logan. That's so cool. And one of them even kept leaning over to his mom going, Mom, is that is that really the real Wolverine? But I guess what I'm getting at is that that's not the reason that you did it. But no. Then, but then when you were there and you actually were but it in the... But it gives you that warm, rewarding so cool. kind of feeling. That, so cool. And I played it up, too. I was I, I pretended like I answered my phone going, Yes, Professor. You know, <laughs> I just, you know, yeah, I'll be back at the school soon. I, I'm just, I'm playing with some kids right now. I'll be back. So I even played it up and, and did that kind of stuff. And I was in character. And that was kind of the... And that's not part something of, you normally do. No, but but no. these people that do it for a living, they actually do it for... They do it for money. It's They do it for a living. They get uh, a check at the end of it, or they get their flight, or their admission to the... You know, BlizzCon costs, uh, what is it, $200 to get into for a weekend pass. And, I mean, they get free entry. They get free meals. They get room and board at hotels, and they get their flights paid for. And most of the time, that's enough. Because you're gonna get what you're gonna do when you get there builds your following. You get bigger Instagram and YouTube followers and all that stuff, and that's where your real revenue comes from. So, in a way, by you dressing up and continuing to attend these events, you're continuing to exploit your brand or build your brand, which will then turn into passive income through your other means and channels and networks that you go to. So, for me, people that are doing and and I would love to have somebody on here just to chat with and have a beer with about this kind of thing. So maybe I'll reach out to a few of the ones that I follow. I really don't know what the the real reason that they do or the motivation behind it is. I think they would tell you, if I had to guess, that it's the love of the fans and the people that encourage them to continue to 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 go on pressures them or uh, motivates them, I should say, to make the bigger, better, badder costume uh, the next time they dress up or they do these things. And you know, it's great for photo shoots. It's great for all of this kinds of stuff. It's great for fan pop culture, sci-fi pop culture, and all that stuff. It's awesome. It's been around forever. I don't think it's going anywhere. If not, it, it's only going to get bigger. Well, especially if we're making TV shows about it. Oh, yeah, fair point. Exactly. So, 
uh, that's one of the big things that that I think uh, I think cosplay is this underground thing right now. But with doing TV shows and the the rise of YouTube and streamers and all of these things, I'm, I'm they have millions and millions of followers. Why? Because they put on a costume? No, because they're fun people and they've built a brand around this world and a community, much like. Cleet was talking about the other week. Yeah, that was the big thing. Was he? He wants to build a community and a, and just having fun. That's what they've done successfully. So whether they're creating YouTube videos, live streaming on Twitch, or sharing photos of the costumes as they're getting built, uh, they're building a community, and I think that's the central focus that all comes back to. Nice. Well, um, I, I think we're getting near the end, so mm-hmm. I like to bring it back to some of our fun things for the week. Are you ready for this? Since we're talking about Halloween. I found an article that supposedly ranks the top candies from Halloween. What do you think are the top five? If you, uh, this must be the most subjective list of all time. All right, so so I'll, <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you the top five from this list: Kit Kat, Starburst, Twix, Milky Way, Kit Kat, and Skittles. So if you were going trick or treating, and and all of those all of those candies existed when we were kids, what was your what was like when you looked in like the thing? When you got your loot bag back from Halloween, what was the first candy bar you ate? I'll tell you mine. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Mine was Three Musketeers. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it was. And that was just nougat. It wasn't like nougat with caramel like Milky Way. Yeah. And it wasn't nougat with caramel and nuts like a Snickers. But I don't know. There was something about Three Musketeers, and I love the Three Musketeers. And then it was Twix. Uh, you know, for me, and it's number 10 on this list here. I'll put this list in the show notes for you guys. It's on Vox.com. But uh, yeah, number 10, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. That's like my number two. But I like Reese's Pieces more than that. Uh, I Agreed. Here, here. Um, you know, the other ones that I go to are like Nestle Crunch Bars. Yep. Uh, I'm a big fan of like uh, malted heath or uh, oh, toffee. The mal- oh, the malted milk balls? Like when my kids. Yeah, any like, of those kind of things. Like yeah. when my kids came home from Halloween on Monday. Whoppers. Like, oh, Daddy, and shit I, like I don't that. like these malted milk balls. Like, thank you. Yes, I don't mine. Like, uh, yep, yep, that's good. <laughs> Swedish fish. I don't like fish. I do. Thank you. Also, you know. while we were out walking around with uh, Stansberry <laughs> well, with the kids, right? They had the loot bags. Yes. And they're just 10 pound bags of, of yes. sugar. And I'm like, what? Wolverine needs to regenerate. Have you guys got any Starburst? And uh, the, immediately a meeting was held place, and they all got their bags together, and they were digging through for Starburst. And they were like, here you go. And I was just like, that's awesome. <laughs> I need to dress up as Wolverine more often. Uh, Starburst is a big fan. I'm a big fan of anything that's like chewy or that you suck on in, yeah. uh, uh, that way. Uh, so Starburst or uh, Jolly Ranchers, anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, Butterfinger's on here. Now, as a kid... Butterfinger was probably my favorite yeah, as a it kid. Gets like, it gets like stuck in your teeth, but it's like, but it's stuck in your teeth in a way that it's like you still get to taste the deliciousness after you. Yeah, eat the it kind of melts yes. over time. Yes, but I just remember having to pick it off all the time, and I just, as an adult, it just drives me up the friggin' wall, and I can't stand them anymore. Lightning round. Disney announced that uh, they're going to do a Muppet Babies cartoon again. Remember Muppet Babies when we were kids? Yeah, like uh, I'm trying to remember the theme in my head, but yeah, I remember it. Muppet Babies. But like they'd open a closet, like a Tie Fighter would fly. Them like that was like my favorite <laughs> show as a kid, like one of my favorite shows as a kid, right? So uh, I thought like lightning round would be favorite Muppets go. Oh god, does this include like Sesame Street characters? Yeah, sure, or, sure. Uh, Oscar the Grouch. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, favorite Muppet, Mister uh, Snuffleupagus. Yeah. You've got, you've uh, got... No, uh, well, I don't remember uh, Grover. Yeah, Grover. Grover remember remember was... two headed monster? That one was like uh, like Bert and Ernie. You can't uh, like uh, uh, Waldorf and Stadler are probably yes. my all time number yes. one all time favorite. Now that I think about it, um, I think Yoda counts because he was Frank Oz, right? I mean, he's kind of a Muppet, I guess. <laughs> in that way, you'd also have to count Strawman and Tin Man. In sure. a way. I don't know. Sure. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, 
Do you remember the Fozzie? Yes, you gotta, you gotta go, Fozzie. Do you remember the giant guy that would walk around like the with the big mouth? that was actually like a human sized person. Sweetums, remember that guy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sweetums. Yes. What's the ones? Yep, 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 yep. I forget. I liked. I liked. Remember Sam the Eagle? He was just the, like the blue eagle, and, mm-hmm. and like pigs. Oh, how could we not say Swedish Chef? Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so many to choose from there. I had one in my head, but I can't remember it now. Um, oh, did you like Miss Piggy? Because I didn't. Miss Piggy pissed nah, me off. She's I'm annoying. Not a fan. Oh, Beaker, like in Bunsen. Remember Beaker? Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, all those guys. Uh, okay, I'll end with my final one. Okay. Animal. Oh, of course! <laughs> drummer! Because he's a drummer, and that's why. Yeah. Good for him. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hope everybody had a happy and safe Halloween. And Andy? I had a happy and safe Halloween, but I had a more amazing day today because the Cubs won the World Series! Yes! All right, guys. Uh, I'm Nick Howell. I'm your host. You can find me over at Data Center Dude on Twitter. And I'm Andy Nelson, and you'll find me at AndyNelson76 on Twitter, and you will find me celebrating the Cubs World Series. We got to go find you a hat. Yes, we do. Later. Bye. Who won the World Series? The Cubs. <laughs>